0: All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talk's firefighter podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full-time since 08, and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable, both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from first shift, ready, and let's go chat. Okay, let's see how it goes. We're jumping in this one today. Welcome, welcome back to the show, everyone. Chris from Fourth Shift Firefighter coming soon in September. It's official. We're changing the name of the overall company from Fourth Shift Fitness to the Fourth Shift Firefighter. And Fourth Shift Fitness and the Tailboard Talks podcast will be like legs of that company. Um, but want to branch out. Like I said in the last episode, we talk a lot about more. St- talk about a lot more stuff than just fitness. Um, and I want to continue doing that. I also want to start doing more speaking engagements, even if it's, um, I shouldn't say even if it's at the corporate level, at the con- conference level, symposium level, stuff like that. Now, if you're listening and you're like, hey, I like this stuff, I think Chris would be good for our department, still hit me up. I'm still looking to do that stuff, get into speaking again, um, get back into speaking more. Uh, but that's going to be the focus. So the four shift firefighter, I got a new shirt on got a little one-off action here off a sticker mule promotion thanks a lot um, got new stickers coming let's say four shift firefighter and the new logos for the tailboard talk podcast and four shift fitness so all that stuff's happening thank you uh, for helping me make that decision those of you who reached out and I talked to um, gonna be pretty cool it's gonna be pretty awesome. what else there's something else oh that's happening September 1st. I'm sponsoring not me, like I'm part of one of a bank of a bunch of sponsors, sponsoring the three four three hero challenge down in Florida. It's a fitness competition September 9th. And so September 1st it's gonna roll out. If you're participating in that, uh I'm sending cards down there with a discount code. You can go on the website and, and order some stuff or buy some stuff with a, a discount. So look for that. Lots of stuff happening. Lots of stuff happening, lots of stuff not happening. Um lots of things going on. I want to Continue the vein of being the four shift firefighter and opening up these conversations past fitness with today's topic. And I put a poll up on Instagram just yesterday. I can actually look at it because it's not 24 hours old yet. Uh oh, what happened? Oh, geez. And it was what's worse, working with a know it all or a do nothing? And as of right now, it's 41 to 59. People are saying that a do nothing is worse than a know it all. And uh, good turnout. 30, vote, 30 votes to 20 votes so thanks keep showing up there's a few hours left on that uh, but also a lot of side messages on that people are like man this is a tough one because the know-it-all is going to pester you all the time and that but the do nothing is like a liability sometimes like which one's worse one guy reached out and said i'd rather have the know-it-all because at least they're gonna once in a while have a good idea or at least they won't be able to keep their hands off things so maybe they'll be useful occasionally whereas a do nothing is just in the way a lot of times and not really it's hard to find a positive with a do nothing the worst of all absolutely the worst of all is when a know-it-all is a do nothing that's the absolute worst when they know everything that everybody else should be doing but they refuse to like engage at all and they just sit back and watch something go um, well and then say how much better it could have been if they followed their advice or watch something go poorly and they with all their vast knowledge and their expertise in every single thing ever, they could have intervened at some point. But, uh, you know, ah, blah, blah, I'm not going to get in the way, I'm not going to mess up what they got going on. Shut up. Any hoozles? Um, we're going to get to that. I have, I have some thoughts on those two things a know it all versus a do nothing and how actually similar they are and why they're so frustrating. Before that, though, I want to talk about failure. I want to talk about failure. This came up this week somebody reached out and said, I had a failure. And I, uh, they said, you should do an episode about that. And I said, well, I did, like two years ago. And it was called Failure is Always an Option. And it came from a quote from Chael Sonnen, who is a UF, former UFC fighter. I, I can't remember if he's in the Hall of Fame or not, but he was on a show called The Ultimate Fighter. Um, and it was essentially like a game show, if you can do that for Ultimate Fighting. So they had 20 people on, and then it was a tournament to see blah, blah, blah. He was one of the coaches on there, and he was giving a speech, and I didn't pull it up. I usually uh, post it like once a year. It shows up in the, in the the on this day memories, and I throw it back up there. But he was giving a speech, and he was saying that uh, essentially people will tell you that failure is not an option, but that is absolutely false. Failure is always an option. In fact, failure is the most readily available option there is, but failure is also a choice. And then he goes into like specific fighting things like you can choose to not prepare. You can choose to blah, 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 or you can choose to keep your chin tucked and keep your hands up and rotate and all this, all this fighter specific stuff. But he was saying, essentially, you can choose to fail or you can choose to accomplish things along the way. And even if the end result isn't what you want it, you didn't fail. Uh, you're not a failure. You just, the end result wasn't what you wanted, but you did accomplish things in your preparation. You didn't, uh, you set yourself up for failure. The fear of, fear of failure thing or fear of fear of accomplishment thing that hamstrings people. But I, I think about that often, like failure is always a choice. Pulling the ripcord or the eject handle is always a choice. You can always fail at something. And people will say failure is not an option. That's a nice motivational thing, but sometimes things don't go the way we want them to. And sometimes things don't work out and we don't get the result we want it to. But I'm going to challenge that a little bit and, and kind of go back to the Chael sun and idea of like well, what part of that was the failure. Probably just the outcome. If you're a try hard like me and some of my friends shout out Patrick if you're on team try hard and you can't half ass anything uh, for one reason or the other then even in that process where you quote unquote fail you probably did some stuff along the way that helped you out uh, you probably learned some lessons I don't like the 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 um, motivational quote of like you never fail you when you win or you learn or something like that you never lose you win or you learn sometimes you lose sometimes you fail. But at least you can look back and be like, well, I didn't waste my time because I, I prepped the way I should have. I studied the way I should have. I, I got myself physically ready the way I should have, and it just didn't work out. So, yes, I didn't accomplish the final goal, but overall, um, it's not a complete failure. It's not unsalvageable. It's not a complete loss. Um, you just some things along the way that were good. There's value in what you did, if that makes sense. The other, thing about it, the other part about that is that everyone— everyone quote-unquote fails. Like there are very few people who took one test and got hired on their department or took one promotional exam and got hired and got promoted to the top of their list or got on every special team they went out for or never flubbed an EMS call or never flubbed a fire assignment or never messed up as command at a fire or an EMS scene. There's, that, those people don't exist. And so um, classifying something as a failure I think gets thrown around a little too Frivolously, you know, there's people that say like I fail every day. I was like, well, then you, you got issues. Things might go sideways occasionally, frequently, but failing every day is not something to like boast about. That means you're either downgrading the word, you're defining down the word failure, or you're really a screw up. I don't know. You tell me. But uh, I got to get back to my notes here. I took notes on several different places today because it was a scattered morning uh, for me. But get back to this one. hold on hold on all right let's go back to this one Failure's top shelf word better so it goes back so i wrote this down when i was thinking about today and it's the old thing of like better to love and lost than never to love at all right and that's the thing with your effort too when it comes to doing something that doesn't quite pan out the way you want it to and it's like are you better are you better trying as hard as you can and sniffing it and then not accomplishing of it or are you better just never trying at all and i would always I would always err on the side of trying, you know, like there's a, you never want to look back and be like, man, I could have done that if I only would have tried. Because trying is, trying is pretty free and trying is pretty easy. Um, accomplishing it can, can be very difficult, but trying, like dipping your toe in and like feeling it out, going through the motions for a little bit, that's pretty easy. It's pretty low risk, um, low investment. And then you can decide, right? And that's... You shouldn't fall into, like, the sunk cost fallacy. We talked about that a a long time ago of, like, if you start something, you have to see it through to the end regardless of the cost it imposes on you. You shouldn't fall into that trap, but try. Try, and chances are if you try, something's not going to go the way you want it to. I don't mean to keep belaboring this point. This is going to be kind of a a scattered episode uh, because there's a lot of thoughts and there's a lot of emotion that goes into failing and not getting – not getting something you want or not getting the job you look for or the, the raise or the promotion or the assignment. Those are things that happen. Those are blips in the radar. And if you call it a failure, maybe you run the risk of categorizing that too high. And when you look back over the past couple of years, you can be like, man, I had a couple of rough patches there. I, I didn't get the assignment. I wanted on my station. I, I tested it for the promotional exam, ended up lower than I wanted to. So I'm probably not going to get made off this list. Um, you know, blah blah blah. You can look at it and be like, "Yeah, those are two or three like tough times this year." But overall, you know, I'm in a decent shape. Or you can be like, "I failed miserably three times this year," and all of a sudden your year it just gets categorized in such a more dramatic but also dire light, right? Now, there's another side of this that I want to talk about. Um, it's called the opportunity cost. Opportunity cost. When I finished my bachelor's degree at the ripe age of 33. Uh, not only did I almost quit altogether and stop pursuing promotion because of an intro to algebra class, that's another story for a different lifetime, but I had to take a, ma- a macro and microeconomics class. And I don't know why, but I got more out of those classes that related to like life than any other class. And I doubt if I was 18, 19, 20 taking it, it would have related as directly to some things um, as taking at 33 one of the things that we learned about was called the opportunity cost and at face value you'd be like okay let's say i want to um, let's say i want to get promoted okay you may think the opportunity cost is the amount of money it takes to go to classes the amount of time it takes to um, study and the amount of whatever right like stuff you're laying out to accomplish this goal but that's not it the opportunity cost is things you're not doing because you're pursuing that goal or things you won't be able to do or wouldn't be able to do if you attain that goal okay so here's another example when i was brand new they had an opening on the fire investigation unit and at the time i was going to be assigned my first year and a half to an engine so i was like oh i would love to do fire investigations that sounds awesome um so i applied for it interviewed for it didn't get it right Five or six years later, I could not have been happier that I did not get on the fire investigations unit because I was married to an ambulance. Um, I had, you know, six to eight to 10 more years to go on an ambulance. And the last thing I wanted at that point was to run eight to 10 to 12 calls on my shift, be dog tired, and then go home and get woken up at three in the morning to go take pictures of someone else's fire. Are you kidding me? No, I do not want to do that. And I was so happy because... The opportunity cost of being on that fire investigations unit must may have been that I don't um, recover as well and that I don't spend more time with Katie and, at, at the time, the dogs. The opportunity cost is all the things that you can't do. I don't go work for Kurt at the gym. Um, I don't have just a better overall physical condition because I'm not stringing it out of both ends. So the opportunity cost is just that, and you can apply it to whatever scenario comes to your brain, but always look at that side of it too. Yes, you may be pursuing this thing. And yes, you may really, really want it really, really bad. But there's always going to be a cost to it, right? So if you're applying for a position, let's say you're trying to get hired, you're trying to go for promotion, and the next rank up is going to be a lot bigger time commitment, right? More money, but more time commitment. What's the opportunity cost of that position? You want it. It's something you're looking forward to. You think you'd be good at it. But there's always something on the trade-off in the back end that's going to be I don't want to say sacrificed, but it's going to cost something. And maybe as you go through life and you go through different stages, that cost isn't worth it. Maybe being home more, although it's not occupationally what you want, may be better. Or having more free time or, yep, how about this? The opportunity to look for other positions of outside the fire service or outside the role you were looking at to contribute. Because if you get that thing, that's great. That's what you wanted, and now you're doing it. There's other things you won't be able to do because of that. So that's the opportunity cost. It's something to keep in mind. And I, I don't mean to ramble on about this thing. Um, it's a complex issue, obviously, right? But this is why I wanted to go back to the four shift firefighter or go to the four shift firefighter, not so much force shift, shift fitness, because these are the conversations I think um, are important. And I think it will relate to a lot of people, and it's stuff that I feel – passionately about but we're all also just kind of like figuring it out this is just it's hairy territory where um we're dealing with a lot of emotion we're dealing with someone pursuing something wanting it real bad and then not getting it and then and like a now what kind of thing and it's important to kind of help each other through this stuff offer different perspectives Um, i tend to be more positive very realistic right very realistic uh but very on the more positive side with other people. If someone doesn't get something or or, um, doesn't get a promotion or tests poorly, you know, yeah, that sucked. Like that didn't go well. Give it the gravity it deserves, right? Give it the, give it the respect it deserves in terms of, you know, being frustrated about it or mourning it or whatever. Don't, don't shut it down because of whatever. Give it what it deserves. But then we're gonna look at the positive side. We're gonna look at, hey, that opportunity cost, now you can pursue these other things. Now you can be home, now you can devote your time to something else that's equally as important, but maybe not top of your list. And maybe that thing will grow in value as you start to invest in it. So that's the way I look. Now with myself, I'm all negative. I'm dude, I'm so super negative. Not only did that not go well, I wasted my try, time trying and I feel stupid and also embarrassed and I don't wanna try again. We've got a lot of lessons to learn, right? Um, but also remember that you're, you lie to yourself often. I just thought of a quote as I was speaking and I cannot remember it. And it's going to frustrate me because I was watching this thing on Netflix called break point, not point break. It definitely wasn't point break. It was break point. So tennis documentary. And it's, it's surprisingly interesting for tennis because it's more about the psychology and the uh, personal struggles and that. The tennis is a very small part of it, which so I think I like it. But there was a sign in a place that said something too effective. If you can meet, oh man, I should have taken a picture of it. If you can meet tragedy and victory and consider those two imposters the same or something like that. If you can, if you can meet tragedy and and victory and approach those two imposters the same. And I really, that's not the exact wording. I'm screwing it up, but I really like that because both of those things are imposters. Both are things that we manufacture meaning and substance behind that are fleeting. They're conditional. They're, they're just imposters. And so the goal is to meet those things that make those two opposite ends of the spectrum the same and continue on your path. I really like that one. I'm going to make a, a quote out of that and post it on social media next week when I find it. I'll go back and watch the show. Okay. Thanks for li- letting me talk about uh, failure and what it is, what it isn't. I hope it brought up some feelings. At least some ideas. Best case scenario, I've said this before on this, this thing, best case scenario is I start talking, I say something that catches your interest, and then you miss the rest of the episode because you spin off into a, a thought project. Then you got to go back and listen again. That'd be so cool because those are some of the best podcasts I listen to or shows I listen to where I'm like I have to focus on listening because all I want to do is spin off and start thinking of stuff and get distracted and then I miss all kinds of it. so if that could turn into this that'd be that'd be super cool but let's talk about this poll do nothing's verse um know-it-alls let me get back to these notes now okay this will be the last little bit of it we're almost done um they're only a few degrees different than each other I wrote down here, both both lack empathy and perspective to imply nuance because of their lack of experience. I was kind of rambling on, and it is a lot of misspelled words because I was just kind of trying to get the, the thoughts out. But either one of those two, the do-nothing and the know-it-all, both are sitting on top of their ivory tower, observing, or they're at the bottom throwing rocks from the bottom. It's a common saying where I work, don't throw rocks from the bottom. Uh, but they've removed themselves from risk a lot of times and they have the, the almighty perspective because they're not involved and they're both junk. I get the same feeling from both of them, right? The person who has every advice for every person who ever lived and knows everything about everything can tell you all about it. Chances are that person regrets not doing those things. They looked into them deeply And then they figured out that they're too much of something to not do it. And they regret doing that. So now they feel like, here's what I would have done had I done it. But they're going to frame as what what you should do is this. Or um, they've done nothing. And everything they say is purely speculation or theory or hypothesis. But because they've never done it and risked it, they're very, very confident in it. Because their theories are protected by their ego. Either way, it's a lack of experience in the doing side of it, the task level side of it, that gives them the boldness to know so much about stuff. Now, the do nothing is largely similar at a lot of times. they Their ego has shielded them and prevented them from doing everything. Or they got bit so hard doing it one time that now their ego is making them scared of doing it again. And they've withdrawn. I talk about the positive and negative feedback loops in one of my presentations And I talk about, uh, your physical fitness being a catalyst for a positive feedback loop or a negative feedback loop. So let's say that we go out to the drill tower and we're doing a single person 24 ladder throw and you do it poorly, very poorly, right? Um, for most of us, if we know that's a a very seldom practice thing, and maybe once a year, you're going to be called to the carpet to go do it. Chances are what we'll say is, man, that sucked. i Barely made it through or I didn't make it through. Thank God I don't have to do that for another year. Usually you'll feel poorly about it. You may um, withdraw a little bit. Because you feel poorly you're less likely to go to the gym. You're less likely to get involved in training independently or with your crew. Less likely to sharpen your skills overall. And then you're back to where you started a year from now not being able to throw the ladder. That'd be an example of a negative feedback loop. Just feeds bad on bad on bad all the way around. Positive feedback loop You go out, you're strong enough, you do it well, you're more likely to go back in the gym because you saw a positive effect from it, more likely to attend outside training, hopefully, because you feel confident that once you get there, you're not gonna look like an ass, more likely to get stronger, and the next year you throw it even better, and then it's a positive feedback loop, right? The people who are do-nothings likely had a bad experience or saw someone have a bad experience and were like, nope, that's not happening again. I'd rather do nothing than look like an ass again, or I saw that how that person was treated, I'm not going to put myself out there and do it. And then it's super, super easy just to continue to withdraw because at some point people will stop bugging you to be a part of their group. And at that point you got no problems because nobody's bringing anything to you. Your job gets easier because people either don't trust you or don't like you or don't want to deal with you. You're a do nothing. Like I said, in the beginning, the ultimate combination is both those things, right? Someone who's got every idea of what everybody else should be doing, but won't step foot in the ring. That's throwing rocks from the bottom. Those people are absolutely maddening because not only are they, not only they are uninformed, but their ideas are bold and they're willing to let you know all about them. And when you say, okay, why don't you help me do that then? They got every excuse under the sun. Most of them are garbage, right? Most of them are ego protective, but they got every reason why they can't do it. And they're just so maddening, dude. So according to you guys, a do nothing is worse than a know-it-all. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and I agree with the original sentiment that someone sent in of like, because at least they'll be trying to do stuff and impose their way on it. And it may not be right all the time, but once in a while you'll get a gem. And the other times, um, let them do what they think is right and just make sure it's not bad. I'm not saying these people are wrong all the time. And know it all isn't, doesn't have to be wrong all the time. They just got a lot of opinions and, and ideas of stuff. So if they come up with a good one, let them go. Let them rock and roll, man. They might be a great asset, uh, but they do nothing dude, the old recliner dust cover drive you nuts, right? So I hope you guys liked that episode. I'm going to cut it off there because I don't know what my notes say, but they're scribbled. Um, I think I covered a lot of random ground. Hopefully, hopefully when I go back and edit this one, it sounds better than it does here coming out and listening back to it because yikes. But uh, with that, like I said, with rebranding the four-shift firefighter, I want to go speak more. <laughs> so don't worry. I prepare more for those. I prepare more for my uh, seminar talks and symposium talks uh, than I do for the podcast. This is very casual. I like to get thoughts out. I like to talk about topics and rap a little bit. Um, so if you listen to this one, if you listen to any episode and you're like, I think Chris would be cool to come out to my department and or I know this uh, seminar that happens. I think it'd be cool for that drop me a line. I have a contact form on the website. September 1st, the new website's going to be like officially launched. Everything will redirect to that. It's an even better form, like a more clean look and more accessible. Um, let me know. I want to get back into it. Speaking engagements, stuff like that. Um, of course, if you have any personal training needs, hit me up. Someone hit me up last week and I've done a terrible time getting back to them, but uh, we got a family camping trip coming up. So I told him, I said, Hey, in a couple weeks, we'll get back on this and then we'll start. But This next two weeks is going to be kind of nuts. I got the camping trip next week, home for a couple days, and I go to the bike trip. told you guys about that uh, 80-mile bike trip I'm doing. Um, More news on that in a little bit. But uh, that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. If you're feeling real froggy about it, you can donate to the show. There's a Buy Me a Coffee button at the show page or on the website. Um, And as always, let's all work towards being more capable and durable, both on shift and away from it. And starting September 1st, be a force shift firefighter.